I'm Hillary. And I'm Sandra. And on this episode of the Quick and the Dirty podcast, we welcome a very special guest, someone who is very near and dear to my heart, my 17-year-old son, Olsen, who is transgender. Yeah, not only is he near and dear to your heart, he came out of your body. <laughs> like, right. I, you can't get any yeah. closer. He's near and dear to my other parts, too. That's right. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> Wow. Wow. We, I just made everybody cringe this early in the podcast. That's, that's the first for me. You are a very close friend of mine, and you know I have a really special relationship with Olsen. And you thought, hey, let's get Olsen on the podcast to talk about this special relationship. It's really, really cool to hear the story that you two have gone through together, your journey. But I wanted to hear it more from Olsen's standpoint, what it must be like for a teenager going through that. You know, my husband and I have supported Olsen a lot the way but it hasn't been an easy journey from the get-go and it certainly was a very difficult journey before the time he transitioned and you know it, it, we had a really tough family life at one point before he transitioned so we're going to talk all about that and uh, mostly I hope everyone can hear what an awesome kid he is oh. I mean, he's still a teenager he's still a pain in my ass on on a good day but he really is just an awesome awesome kid and I hope everybody hears that the Quick and the Dirty Podcast with Hillary Welch and Sandra Plagakis. Okay, I'm going to start off with this week's Quick, and, and I think I want to start off with a declaration. Oh, are you ready? I am going to declare 2019 the year of Sandra. Okay, like it's going to be fabulous, just like Sandra, or uh, what do you mean? I, you know what, I've, I don't even... You know when you say something out loud, you put it into the universe and then it becomes real? Okay. Okay. I'm afraid to make it real, but I have to make it real, so that's why I have to say it. My New Year's resolution, and I realize I'm late on the New Year's resolution, but that's okay. I have a whole year, so I'm not going to stress, is to finally drop 25 pounds. I've been talking about it for five years now. I've I've been gaining and losing it steadily, basically, for the last five years. But this year... I told myself, that's it, Sandra. Talk is cheap. Stop like the self-loathing that goes on at the end of every year that I didn't do it this year is becoming a problem. So Why I decided, is that number such a huge deal for you? Well, actually, I prefer it was uh, 30, but I'm, I'm going easy on myself and saying 25. Honestly, I just want to lose a size. I want to be a perfect size 14, and I was a perfect size 16, but now I'm like, I'm, it's like, I'm like a tight 16 now, Hills, <laughs> and I, I don't like the way clothes look on me. Well, and because like, you're not willing to buy new clothes. You want to no. stay in the ones that you had. Well, I don't want to, a part of it too is that I don't want to reward myself for weight gain and, and then, you know, support this size with any kind of, you know, financial, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Well, I, I get it, it, but I also don't agree that you need to like punish yourself and feel like garbage. Um, no, I'm okay with it, actually. That is what I do. I, I get on the scale. In fact, I've, I don't know if I've talked about it before on the podcast. A big part of who I am is that every morning I get on the scale first thing. And then depending on the number that looks back at me, I, that will determine my day. If it's down, I will start the day off on the right foot. If it's up, Maybe I have had a lot of salt the night before, whatever, you know what I mean? If it's water weight, whatever, I will spend the day hating myself and then starving myself. That right, is, but then uh, if it's it down, do you ever find that 
you reward yourself the wrong way. Like, oh, I was down a pound so I can have two glasses of wine today. Yeah, all the time. So maybe wrong, you yeah. need to also make a deal with yourself to weigh yourself once a week. Uh, I have a weight management place that does weigh me once a week if I want to. So in theory, that should those should be the people that weigh me. Right. You, you should get your family to throw out your scale. Because it's not healthy. That's a really unhealthy relationship with that scale. I agree. I know I have an unhealthy relationship with the scale. Leave um, yourself to hate yourself once a week, not every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I want. I I just want 2019 to. Just, I just want to get the weight off. I want to feel better about myself. I want those jeans to not feel so snug. I want my underwear is tight, Hillary. Like, what is that? <laughs> uh, you know, I get like I get. You eat a lot over the holidays, but my underwear is not only tight, but I put it on yesterday and it ripped. <laughs> Like it ripped on the side. How down old is this underwear, though? Like it's like a year old. Okay, it's time to let it go. No, but still, like I've never had underwear like fully, like you know, like I, I, I incredible hulked a pair of underwear. <laughs> that is not okay. Do you think it was the salt over the holidays? Because I feel a major water bloat. Uh, yeah, I, but I take water pills too. Like my my doctor gave me water pills because I retain water, and and I'm having trouble losing weight. It's not helping. <laughs> like I'm just I don't know. I can blame a million things, but at the end of the day, I just have to stop drinking so much wine and then making bad food choices. You know what I mean? Right. I feel yeah. like I ate my weight in cheese this holiday. Oh, like I God, feel like geez. my left leg is made of brie. <laughs> It's about the same consistency. I'm not going to lie. Are you dragging it around like a club foot? <laughs> like a jiggly jelly club Does foot. Then when it gets really hot, it gets... <laughs> Does your leg some even... jelly on there? <laughs> Does your leg even bend anymore? <laughs> it's like in an inside cast of cheese. <laughs> With the crusty outer layer, yeah. That's right. I love it. I love it. Listen... That's what I want 2019 to be. And over the course of this podcast this year, you can check in at any time. Feel free to ask me about it. Um, I don't want to talk about my weight, but I do want to tell you, you know, if I hit size 14, you'll, 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 you actually, you know what? You don't even have to ask. You'll just hear it in my voice. You'll know. <laughs> you'll hear the, the pure joy. Now, are you doing anything for your head in all of this? Because I think part of it. It weirds me out that you're so set on a particular size and you're talking to somebody who totally understands the fight with weight and I yeah. totally get it, but it's so much about a particular number that I feel like there's something more to it. Um, I just want to look my best. I don't feel I look my best. Um, and that's really all it is. And I've always, I remember when I was a size 14, uh, I just, that's really when I felt that was a great, and I've been a size 12, I've been a size 10, I've been a size 8, but I was my happiest at a 14. But do you think that has more to do with, it, with what was happening in that time of your life as well? Like maybe it wasn't as much about the size as how you were feeling in your career, how you were feeling in your marriage, with your family, with friends. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I never thought about that, but it's possible. But also an, a big secret reason is that a lot of uh, major designers go to 14 now. They don't go to 16. <laughs> so 14 it, yeah. is like the cutoff. You know what I mean? Right. But I was kind of wondering if maybe it's like women in their blue eyeshadow. Like that blue eyeshadow reminds them of a time when they felt their very best. So they always go back to that blue eyeshadow, even though it's totally out of style. Uh, that's Maybe. I don't know. Like, so what are you saying? That my head, my head ain't right? 
Well, we knew that, wow, Sandra. That was a long, that was a long <laughs> pause. That pause lasted way too long, Hillary. I know that. I think a lot of women have this too. That that your 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 head doesn't match where you are in life. And you know, I know a woman who's lost um, fifty pounds. And every time I see her, I tell her how great she looks, and she says she looks in the mirror and she see, still sees the old size. Yeah, and I still I don't feel like I look any different in the mirror. And really? I've lost a hundred. You do look different in the mirror, and people must treat you differently, which probably upsets you. Uh, because I remember losing a lot of weight about 10 years ago after I had the babies. I finally got all the baby weight off, and I was a size 8, 10 around there. And I remember how differently every start, everyone started treating me, especially men. Men started loving me at that size, and, and they never noticed me the way they noticed me then. And I remember really being angry about it, thinking, wow, I was pretty fabulous when I was bigger, too. But no one no one gave a shit then. You know what I mean? Uh, it's I don't get a lot from the attention of men. To be quite honest, I find it uncomfortable. Wow. What kind of men are paying you attention? <laughs> well, what no, kind of like, I don't like attention. I don't. It's not my thing. I really? like it one on one, maybe, but like if I'm out, I can remember being 20, and I've always been kind of plump, but babies always got back. And I can remember being like 20, 25, living in Toronto, and it would come to Carabana time, and I would have to leave town because a blonde girl with a big booty walking down Young Street, there would be men driving minivans with the doors open and video cameras. Like chasing me up the street. I I just like I, I can't handle or even in clubs when people would come up behind you and dance behind you. Oh, yeah. Nope. But that's that's not normal attention. That's creepy attention. <laughs> that's not OK when people are filming you and coming up behind you. You're talking about inappropriate behavior. You're not talking about uh, a flirtation. You're talking about like leering gross men. <laughs> but even that, like even flirtations, it's just not my thing. Oh, okay. That's fine. I like I like attention. I won't lie. <laughs> so, and I, I, it's funny. I guess it's the kind of attention you like too, because you're on the radio. You obviously like attention. You're a singer. You're, you like to sing in front of people. You like attention, but you like a specific kind of attention. Yeah, but even that, like when I'm singing on a stage in front of people, I like to know that I did a good job, but I hide afterwards. I don't really? like to go out and talk to people. Wow, we're so different. <laughs> like, I hate it when people tell you, oh, that was so wonderful. And you're like, mm, yeah. the fourth bar of the second tune was no. like, I'm judgy of myself. But yeah, that's kind of weird. That is kind of well, we're all judgy of ourselves, aren't we? I guess which, so. Yeah. Which is why I want to be a 14. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you look freaking fantastic no matter what size you are. I, know, I always see pic- my mom and everybody tells me and I, I, I that's nice of you to say, but I don't feel good at this size and I, I just don't feel good. That's too bad. Yeah, I know it's too bad. And I, I went to the gym today and I doubled up on my weights and I was, you know, and I just, uh, I thought, self-loathing, power me through this one hour body pump class. And when it was over, I still felt like crap. And I thought, wow, I'm going to have to do a lot more than this. So uh, I just, yeah, you know, it's true. I, I do feel fabulous on a good day, but there's still an inner voice inside of me that always tells me you could be better. I could be better. I know I could be better. Right. Yeah, and I'm just unhappy with the weight gain, and I, I'm pretty healthy. Like, I eat, I'm a protein freak. I go to the gym. I, you know, I could just, but I could do more is all I'm saying. I need a little more discipline in my life. I could see myself falling apart in my 60s, and I'm worried about that. 
you know? Well, it is all downhill from here, sadly. Like, it's only going to get worse. (laughs) Oh, good. That's fantastic. (laughs) And it only becomes harder to lose weight. I know. I'm already having the struggle. I'd like to blame it on hormones and everything like that. But you know what? It's manageable. If I really wanted to lose the weight, I could lose the weight. That I know for sure. Are you going to be miserable doing it, though? 100%. Then what's the, so you feel good in clothes, but you're miserable the rest of your life? No, I won't be, like, I won't be miserable after. I'll be thrilled. During, though, I probably hate, I'll hate it. Right. But But then once you lose it, you have to keep it, this lifestyle. I've been maintaining this high weight for a while now, so I feel like (laughs) maintenance is not a problem for me. (laughs) I've been literally maintaining this weight that I'm at now for two years to the pound. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. So, but in like order to this. maintain a lower weight, you'll have to stay on your diet, no? Yeah, I will. I'm good. Monday to Friday, I'm great. But Saturday and Sunday is when I fall apart completely. Hmm. I'm one of those people that's always gaining and losing the same five pounds. Right. But so you're also could, a yeah. terrible sleeper. I'm a terrible sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. So well, what are you saying? Maybe should sleep, sleep better? should be a priority. <laughs> I don't know. I just... I just want to be a size 14. Okay, Hillary? You can do it. I believe in okay. you. That's all I want. And I'm, I'm embarrassed that I'm so needy. Um, but I am. So, <laughs> you know, it's nothing to be embarrassed of. We all have our things. All right. What's your thing? What happened to you? Uh, what's your quick? So I got the most adorable present from my significant other. It was quite honestly the most beautiful thing anyone has ever given me in my life. But apparently it's also a dirty little secret, and I wasn't to share that he gave me a lovely present over the holidays, and now I've ruined it for both of us. What are you going to... Well, you might as well just tell everybody now. <gasps> okay. So, he's I not like a... That. Okay. Here we go. He's not a very <laughs> sentimental guy, but he knows that I am very sentimental. So, he hates pictures of himself. He doesn't like me taking pictures of him. So, there are no pictures of us on the wall or anything like that in the house. So he had a poster made, and on that poster is a picture of the constellations, the city, the date, the time, and the exact coordinates of our first date, because we just celebrated our third anniversary. No, he did not. Yeah. And I opened it up, (gasps) and I dirty cried, like full on. Like, I might ugly cry right like, now. That's so the sweetest ugly thing I've ever heard. Oh, my God. That's the sweetest thing ever. Oh, Hillary. It oh was my God. so sweet. Oh, like, that... really, really lovely. And I, I still, when I talk about it, I get a little, a little choked up because it's just no. so unlike him. And I know he did it thinking of me, and that's even sweeter. And he had it made special just for you. Yes. That's too much. That's, and custom framed because it was a weird size. <laughs> Aw. Right? Now, uh, so do you celebrate the day you met as opposed to uh, any other anniversary that may happen in time? Yes. Because okay. we have like a funny story. So on our anniversary, we usually go to the same place that we met at because we actually met on Tinder. I know. And... Uh, <laughs> We met for a coffee date, and I was 20 minutes late, (laughs) and he was moments from walking out, and then I came in, and then he says after our coffee date that I mouth-raped him (laughs) in the park. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's that's so romantic. He likes to say that I put my tongue down his throat. (laughs) Wow. 
And it's like he didn't like that or something. Right. He, he loved stuck it. around, right? You know he loved it. Yeah. And then I played Hard to Get for like two months after that. Did and, you? Oh, yeah. We waited because for a long time for anything it, to go any further. It's because you were so easy on the first date? <laughs> it, it was tongue easy. Uh, <laughs> wow. Oh, Hillary. So, yeah. So we went and we relived our first date and we had coffee oh. at the same place. And anyway, we were at his family's house uh, recently and... Uh, we were talking about things that we'd gotten over the holidays. And I told his stepmom about this, like, quietly in a corner of a room. Big mistake. Because she was telling me how she got a poop emoji mug from her husband. Oh. <laughs> wow. And then, then she starts comparing. Oh, yeah. And things got loud and all of his siblings were there. And then they start mocking him for being romantic. And now I'm in the doghouse. Oh. <laughs> Why is there shame associated with being a good boyfriend and a romantic? Right. And then I got then I got mad at him <laughs> because what? You're not man enough to admit that you're somewhat in love with me? <laughs> right. I mean, why is there shame associated with being in love? Right. I don't think there should be. Of course, there shouldn't be at all. But men aren't like that. They're not built like that. It was men mostly are... his stepsister. <laughs> wow, that is that's hilarious. So are you worried that he's never going to make this romantic gesture ever again because of all the shame that came with it? <laughs> now he's going to equate the shame with the romance. Uh, I don't know. I love that he did that for you. Isn't that, is that so the cool. sweetest thing ever? That is really epic. I'm so happy for you, Hillary. That's amazing. Yeah. So, but now, but now he's the only bad thing is that now he's in a place now that he's got to top that every year. Right. So if he ever does give you in two years a like a, a poop emoji mug, then you got problems, big problems. <laughs> uh, but what I can't love about win. it was it wasn't like it wasn't inexpensive, but it wasn't crazy expensive. No, but it was thoughtful. Right, and that's what more people need to do. I agree. I agree. My husband got me piano lessons for. Christmas. That's really sweet. Yes, because he knows that I want to take up the piano again. So he got, and I thought that was like really, really thoughtful. And I got him like, you know, body wash. <laughs> I got him some salts for Epsom salts. Literally, this these are the things that I bought my husband and he went and got me piano lessons. So it, enjoy this. Enjoy this because there, he has nowhere to go but down. You understand that, right? <laughs> but I think that the issue with women and Christmas presents is we're the type of people that will pick things up as we see them and give them to them. Right. Like if I see something that reminds me of him, I will immediately pick it up and then give it to him right away. Aww. So it's always little little pieces of thoughtfulness. We're, women are thought, we're, that's how we're built for the most part. Right. Yes, but they aren't like that at all. I don't know. They, they show love in a different way. Like uh, my husband will mow the lawn and think that that's a, a sign of love. Yeah, they're doers for sure. They do things He will for take you. my garbage out or, yeah, make dinner and not <laughs> let me do anything. Right. That sort of stuff. They're yeah. doers. And they're, I especially like when they are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was uh, that was very eloquently said, Hillary. <laughs> are you ready to get dirty? Uh, that's weird because your child is our guest. <laughs> that was a terrible segue. That was the worst segue I've ever had. <laughs> okay. 
This is a podcast. I, I don't know, even know how to do this introduction because this is a podcast you suggested we do a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, it's just something that I thought would be interesting because not only do we get to hear about your son's story, Olsen, we've talked about Olsen on the podcast before, but also get a little inside peek into what you're like on the home side. Oh, you mean... <laughs> Um, my son is sitting across from me right now, and he just made a face. I'm very nervous about how this podcast is going to go. But I am excited to invite my oldest, my 17-year-old son, on the podcast. He and I really do share a special relationship that my 15-year-old and I don't have, and we'll get into the reasons why in the podcast. But please welcome to the Quick and the Dirty podcast, my child... Olsen. Hey. Hey, Olsen. Hey. What's up? Now, we hear about up, you Hillary? all the time from your mama, and we yeah. hear good things most of the time. <laughs> but it's great to, to have you come on to the podcast and talk for yourself about your own story, because I think that that's important. It's your story. Absolutely. Agreed. All right. So, Sandra, do you want to sort of guide this? Yes. Uh, Olsen is my firstborn child. He is a delight. I'm just kidding. He's really just a pain in the ass this one. <laughs> I, don't even, <laughs> um, I don't even know how to start this conversation except to say that Olsen is transgender. And Olsen was biologically born a female. But when he was uh, ten. 10 years old, he told me that he was a boy. And that's really where I think this story starts in many ways, because that was a moment that our relationship changed. And that was a moment that as a mom, we I mean, I had to sit down and for once actually listen to my kid when he talked, <laughs> yeah. when maybe I didn't before. But uh, I feel like that was a, a game changer for Olson and I and the relationship and the bond that we have right now. Um, I, I guess I always knew you were trans, Olson. I guess I knew when you were four because yeah. uh, I remember Hillary when we brought Olson to the pediatrician. He gave or she the pediatrician. She gave me a a book that said it, it was called "Raising Your Spirited Child." <laughs> the first like two minutes, <laughs> like like a hundred. And she's like, "You need to read this book." I'm like, "Why?" Because you got a spirited kid. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Olson was just a, a different kind of a kid. Yeah, you were. He had teenage angst when he was four. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Olsen, did you always know? Um, I always knew I was a guy, like, since, like, I was capable of rational thought. So probably, like, from as long as I can remember, I always knew, like, I was a guy. But I didn't know that, like, I didn't have the words to explain that I was transgender. I didn't have the, wor the words, like, I didn't have enough knowledge of what it was until, right. like, around grade six or seven do you remember being 10 and having that conversation a little bit um do you remember at all sort of how it felt like maybe not exactly what happened but how you were feeling at the time yeah i know i was like i was like excited because like i knew like there was obviously reasoning behind why i was like i was for so long spirited no <laughs> yes but but like you know i wouldn't like it was yeah, they always say, like, you know, it's just a phase and stuff, but, like, it was lasting a long time, you know? Like, I, I didn't, for example, like, I didn't want to wear, like, a dress, obviously. I would only wear guys' things, you know? And, like, everyone kind of 
knew something was up. Yeah. Like, no one knew what it was. Yeah, just to be clear, it started when Olsen and um, my youngest, Johnny, were in in figure skating, or in skating, like the yeah, Word like Learn to was, Skate program. Yeah, skate. And uh, Olsen, they, they had like little, you know, they had one of those skating recital thingies yeah. where you'd come out and they did a skating show. And Olsen had to wear like leggings and a dress. And Hillary, if you only knew the drama getting tights on this child and the fits that we would have because he just didn't want to wear tights and dresses. And it, he was just it, I mean, it was traumatizing to him. Yeah. And I forced him a couple of times. I'm not going to lie. Like school pictures. I was that mom. You're putting on the dress. You're putting on the dress because your grandmother needs to see this picture. I was that mom. And then finally, I realized that every time I made him make made him put on these dresses, I was traumatizing him, and I could see that. So then, yeah. finally, my husband and I said, "What does it matter what he wears? Wear your, wear your cargo pants. Yeah. Wear your t-shirts. Wear your jeans. We don't care as long as they're clean. I don't care what you wear to school." And that's when you started dressing like a guy when you were about, I think, six. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah that sounds about, about right. That's right. Like so, before, it was like it was nothing like no dresses or anything, but yeah. like I exclusively wore guys' things when I was like six. Yeah, and that was that went on for a long, long time. And then uh, when he was ten, or even nine, even you told me yeah. that you like girls. Yeah, but I never. The thing with me is everyone was like, "Oh, because you like girls, that means that you're a lesbian." I never used that term. Right, because well, I think yeah. that's what people. That's what they knew at that time. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, I thought he was a lesbian at the time too and i remember thinking oh good i can do that that's fine that's great super duper no one's gonna get pregnant love it oh my God. <laughs> honest to god that's what i remember okay. thinking and i remember thinking it it wasn't an issue in fact i wasn't surprised right and then as things sort of progressed you started getting involved with the program at chio yes well he had a, he had a more of a moment Hillary, that he, I can't remember what your, when you had a moment, I, I think you were working with a teacher's assistant in yeah, grade eight or like something that. like that. And then you, he, he was talking a lot to this teacher's assistant. And then he just came home one day and said, mom, I, I really get who I am right now. I am a guy. And that was the moment where mm -hmm. he, he came out to us and then we, it was just, you know, and I'm not proud. <laughs> I don't even remember what you said. Olsen will, I mean, I am not proud, Hills, because at that moment, even though I knew it to be true, because I know this kid better than anybody in the world, I remember being in denial and not wanting it to be so, because I knew that he had such an uphill battle. I was scared of the bullying that was going to come with it. I was afraid that our family would turn their backs on us and our, our friends. And I was worried about his life. What would happen? You know what I, mean? I was? Worried yeah, about I don't think it. that that's an uncommon point yeah, of view. Yeah. I think like a lot of our sort of yeah, I, internal sexism and racism and any sort of thing that on any level comes from our fear that our kids are going to have to have this uphill battle. I remember when my brother brought home his wife and she's South Asian. My parents had a really hard time at first because they thought, oh, if they're going to have kids, it was a different time. This is going to be really difficult for them. And they sort of cautioned him against it because they were more concerned that it would lead to a difficult life. It's not a lack of love. Right. So I can understand that for sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, I I remember you gave Olsen gave me kind of a hard time about my reaction for a little while. Yeah. I don't think it was the reaction you were hoping for. Uh, How did that feel, Olsen? Um, well, at the time I was young, so I didn't like understand. Like I was like, oh, well, she hates me now and like all that stuff. But that's how I felt. But like I was also young and 
but it got really, it got a lot better. Obviously, obviously, we went to a family doctor who referred us to the children's hospital here in Ottawa, mm-hmm. and uh, he started seeing uh, the seeing a doctor in the gender diversity clinic. And really, the rest is history. They they were amazing, yep. um, and they moved it forward in terms of mm-hmm. uh, medical issues involved with it, testosterone, all that Absolutely. stuff. And uh, here he is, what seven years later? Yeah, six years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Olson, what do you think is your biggest turning point? Like the the thing that you remember as being the most positive experience through it? Like Chio or Chio or just in your own journey? Um, probably like starting testosterone was like a really big step for me. Um, because what it does is pretty much help. Like you hit puberty pretty much. You know, like as a guy. And then, like, if you're a trans woman, you would take, like, estrogen, and that would make you develop as a woman um, if you were, like, male-born. So for, like, female-born people that are transitioning into male, like, starting testosterone is a huge step for, like, a lot of people. How? Sorry. I was going to say a big part of taking testosterone, too, is that your body will start matching your insides, you know, and that's a really important part of um, of transitioning for for young people or for anybody, for that matter. And I think, uh, you know, I can't speak for anybody. I can only I can't even speak for Olsen. Yeah, it's completely life saving, I find, like because you have dysphoria, right, which is what comes along with being trans. It's like what you have to be diagnosed with to be considered transgender and that's what they let you like go on hormones you have to be like diagnosed with uh gender dysphoria and that sucks um so like taking testosterone like really really helps you because like your voice gets deep um you know you get like hair on your face um do you ever yeah you do you get hair everywhere <laughs> under the ever? butt hair everywhere everywhere <laughs> <laughs> but you know but be- beyond that f- just for just for his mental health starting Lupron, which which is a hormone blocker. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was so huge. And then the testosterone was also really, really yeah. huge. Just for the... This kid went from being an angry, um, high-maintenance, uh, just spirited... Devil child. Devil child. And he was really hard. He was angry all the time. And he was really... I, I, Misunderstood. I really, it's like when, in any child sort of feels yeah. like they don't I don't know why I'm angry I'm just angry because right. I'm not understood and as a parent every single day we had to deal with blow-ups because he had he had a very explosive temper as a child because he had something happening in him that he didn't know how to explain yet and before that happened we didn't know what was going on except we had a very troubled troubled child Hillary it was very painful as oh, I'm going to get emotional. Yeah. It, it was very painful for a really long time and we didn't know what was wrong with him and what was going on and he couldn't explain it. Yeah, I couldn't. Mm. Poor mom. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say you, you were such an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> like you were such an asshole to us. Yeah. And nobody and no we didn't know what to do for him. Yeah. And then finally we came out as trans. I remember thinking how scary that was mm-hmm. because I didn't know what it meant for his life and mm-hmm. how scary it was for us as parents because we didn't know what to do and there wasn't a book on being a trans parent at the time. Mm-hmm. So but then I remember seeing how he changed and he became this from this miserable devil child to this 
happier kid every single day. He just became happier. Now he's and a happier devil child. He's still a devil. He's still, <laughs> listen, he's still a 17-year-old asshole. Who are we kidding? But he's he's like a normal kid now. Yeah. And it's obvious that he was, you know, he was dealt a shitty, shitty hand that he was born in the wrong body. Mm-hmm. And it's being corrected now. And he's... He's okay. He's, yeah. I mean, he's still like, you know, a pain in my ass. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so happy as a parent to see that if supporting your kid is a no-brainer. Because if you don't support your kid, just going on the way we went would have been problematic. And then when you hear how 50% of kids who are trans try to kill themselves, yeah. and those are the kids that aren't supported by their parents, those numbers are terrifying, really terrifying. So you have to you have to support your kids if if you think for a second they could be anything whatever their issue is support your kids obviously Olsen yeah uh, what would you want to say to your mother like going back is, is there something that you wished you said to her about how she handled the situation or how she's been there for you this is really an opportunity for you to tell your story too. Yeah. Um, No, I don't think there's really anything, like, she could have really done, like, changed. Um, I mean, it's pretty, like, it's not something that you want to hear, really. It's not really something you want to go through. I don't really wish being trans and, like, your worst enemy. Like, it sucks, at 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 first, at least. But, yeah, no, I think everything she handled was good, other than, like, when we were kids, you know, like, the thing I just didn't like was, like, you have to wear a dress when you're a kid because oh, yeah. it would make your grandmother happy. It's like, okay, well, one make me happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, kids don't know what they, yeah. yeah. You know, as a parent, I thought I was just, you know, putting my for foot sure. down. I was also and young and stuff. So. I think for me as a parent, the hardest, the, the most painful thing that Olsen ever told me was after he came out as trans and it was, you know, there's a lot of information that first year where there's a lot of paperwork, there's name mm-hmm. changes. Yeah. God, the paperwork, Hillary, what a pain I can only in the imagine. Oh my God. It was so worth much. It. So yeah, it was worth it. It true. Which it <laughs> yeah, was. You did nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> but I remember, I remember Olson and he was just so, he was, he was so upset one one day and, you know, school was hard because he had to all of a sudden change his pronouns at school and all this stuff. And then he he was playing downstairs video games with his uh, younger brother, Johnny. And he, he said to me, how come Johnny was lucky enough to be born inside a boy's body? Yeah. And, and how come I wasn't? And I remember thinking, shit, <laughs> I don't have an answer for that one. Yeah, no. But we'll correct it now. Right. On the back end, we'll get it right. But that was really painful when he said that to me. And I remember thinking how I was worried that maybe the his relationship with his brother would be affected by it. It hasn't. No. They're like typical teenage brothers that just beat each other on a regular <laughs> <Yeah>. basis. <laughs> so it's fine. Everything's fine in that department. Yeah. Olsen, you come across a lot of kids who are going through the same thing sort of at Chio. Yeah. Do yeah. you feel lucky to have the supportive family that you have? Absolutely. A hundred percent I do. Um, because if I didn't, um, I really don't know what I, like, I see a lot of people who, like, have developed as, like, female, you know, because they they waited, I guess, too long to come out. Uh, Not too long, I wouldn't say, but, like, they waited, like, longer than I did. And they don't, you know, they don't pass as, like, male. And I feel, like, really bad and stuff for them because, you know, I just feel, like, privileged and, 
really like thankful because I was able to like uh, have access to like hormones and like surgery and stuff like that. Um, so I do 100% like feel grateful and. Um, do you feel really do... close to your mom? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Olson and I have a, I don't know what it is. We but have the, the weirdest relationship. We have the very weirdest relationship. But, you know, we talk about things that most kids don't talk about. And we've been talking them, about them since, you know, he was mm-hmm. 10 yeah. when he came out. Um, yeah. I, like is there most, anything you want to ask Olson, Sandra? There isn't anything that I haven't asked Olson <laughs> to this point. Honestly, Hillary, on it, we, we, have, we talk about everything we are a sex positive family we try to be open i mean once once you once you have a, a child who's gone through this before you there isn't anything you don't talk about already so there isn't anything that isn't that is off limits to us to begin with um kind of oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Wait a second here. Yeah. There go. what is off limits olson uh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but you know i i i feel like one thing I want to address, too, is how hard it was for you um, at school when you came out. And I Like I, in elementary school, yeah. In elementary school. He was, you know, you were just, it was in the end of grade mm-hmm. seven. Yeah, I'd and, love to uh, hear Olsen's story there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, in elementary and, school? Elementary school when he came out. But you, I, I, I remember that was really, that was a really hard year before you yeah. went into high school. What happened, Olsen? Well, I mean, I remember, like, telling, like, the principal, and we were working with the principal um, about... Uh, possibly like telling because I know I was in like a few different like it was it was like elementary school so I didn't have like all the same classmates so some of them were in different classes as well because it was like grade it was like kindergarten to grade eight so, so you're moving like, through yeah yeah moving through just a little bit it wouldn't have been as bad as I, if I was transitioning in high school um, but yeah so I remember like we were talking like with the principal and then like I had I remember like something happened with a friend like I was being like constantly like misgendered because like they didn't know no one really knew at school like they still knew that I was like you know the old person and well um, I would imagine it would be equally confusing for your yeah, classmates yeah literally yeah because everyone's like also as young as I am so um but yeah I remember like telling them like I think I uh like kind of stood up in front of the class during like a free period or something and just told them and then we were like they were allowed to ask me questions and stuff and then we were allowed to like talk about it and make sure everyone understood because we were all so young Mm -hmm. how did other Um, parents react um I'm not sure I don't I don't from what I know I don't think there was any issues um there wasn't like I think everyone kind of understood since there was like an authority involved in like the whole like coming out process so no kids like really messed around with it like everyone was like okay but it wasn't really a surprise for anyone because everyone kind of like knew I was different you know yeah and don't forget it's a world of social media so they would you know poke fun at him and call him by his uh his yeah this old was name. more like eighth grade hockey kind of thing yeah and then he transitioned from girls hockey to boys hockey yep. which was very very difficult oh, I hated and you <laughs> You know, and he's a goalie too, so he's already he's already that kid. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was a really it was a really hard transition year, just getting everybody to change names, change pronouns, and it. I can understand another kid's perspective and a teacher's perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, you know, we were reminiscing on the way here, and I was saying, you know, he transitioned into boys hockey before they had any, um, you know, any rules in place about trans players. He was a, the first trans. Uh, player in his, in the yeah, in Stittsville Hockey League in his hockey league. He was the first trans kid in his elementary school. He was the first trans kid in his high school 
or outed trans kids. There were, there's, yeah, there, there's, there's I know there, there's more now, but I was definitely the first one. But now there is some, but like I, I don't really, I'm not like so, I'm not like that open about it at school. You know, I, I only tell people like that I'm close with, and no one really knows. You know, at school. So your close friends know. Yeah, but not a lot of people. Right. They, like if if someone just saw me at school, like they wouldn't. They, they wouldn't know. know. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. What would happen though, Wilson? If let's say uh, you're in your graduating year now in high school, and mm-hmm. you meet a brand brand new person, a new foreign exchange student comes, and and they ask you if you're trans. They wh- like, they wouldn't find a... out though. That's a thing. Right. By looking at me, you can't. Oh tell. no, you're you're no, you... handsome. Yeah, like the funny <laughs> I mean, thing is from the shirtless pictures you post on Instagram I and I caution your mother one. about. <laughs> I posted one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm a periphery parent. True. <laughs> it's a fact. Yeah. So but if somebody asked you, it's not a secret, it's just you're it's not It's like no, my rule is like I don't tell people unless they see me for who I am first, like right. as a like as who I am, you know. And then when I tell them, it's like no big deal to them. And I don't, if I tell someone, I don't make it a big deal so that they right, don't right, make right. it a big deal. Because if I make a big deal about it, then everyone's going to think, oh shit, it's a huge deal, you know? Right. Yeah. So I have a question for you. And this yeah. is a tough question. Absolutely. And yeah. if it's off, if it's too much, you can let me know. Say you meet a, a girl. Oh, okay. And she's <laughs> super into you because you're yeah. handsome AF. Mm-hmm. At what point do you tell her? Um... You know, just like maybe like a few dates, um, like once she like sees me for who I am first, right? Um, but before anything gets like further, I want to like let them know before like I guess like it goes as far as like they're coming over to my house or I'm going over right. to their house. Um, but yeah. That's how I'm going to go with that, <laughs> as far as I'm going to go with that. But Olsen's the most honest kid I know, yeah. and Olsen has trouble holding in any information. Right. That's true. So and it shouldn't be like, something you're ashamed yeah. of, because it's not... No, absolutely not. It's just not something that I think about on a daily basis. Like, I don't find the need to, like, tell people. Like, I don't shut it on the streets or anything like a lot of people do. Like, my Instagram, like, there's nothing like that. Like, I know a lot of people where they put it in their, like, Instagram, like, bios... But right. that's not really my thing. Like, if you want to do that, that's fine. But it's just not my thing, you know, because I don't feel that it's like a huge part of me. Like, I feel like it's a part of me, but I don't feel like it's like right. determines who I am. You know, you advocate for yourself, but you're not advocating for every no. trans person everywhere. Absolutely not. Like, there's no right, wrong. Well, there, I w- yeah, there is some ways that you shouldn't transition, but there is like everyone has transitions like, you know, differently. Like some people will start hormones before or after they get surgery, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it just depends on the person, depends on your life. Now, speaking of surgery, you celebrated a huge milestone this year. You got your top surgery done? Yeah, I had, uh, I, won't, I don't want to say double mastectomy, but I got like, a, yeah, top surgery, like chest reconstruction surgery, yeah. So that's so you never develop in that way, but you're already on hormones, so you should be good. I should be good, yeah. So what I had, well, usually I'm so lucky with this way, but um, they're usually like when trans men get uh, top surgery, there's like scars across their chest, uh, but I don't have any scars because when I was, I came out like before I really hit any f- female side of puberty. So I only developed like very small amounts of breast tissue. So I got, um, the keyhole method, which is basically where it's just liposuction. They just 
suck all the fat out of there and I don't have scarring. Yeah, you can't even tell. Like, you it's, can't it's tell unbelievably, at It's unbelievable. Hillary looks great. And I feel like really grateful also like for my parents because if I didn't like start that hormone earlier, it could have grown and I could have had those scars, which have been just a con. Like, because if someone saw that at the swimming pool or in the change room, like, what are they going to think of that? Like, just huge scars. Was that hard for you, Sandra? Not the surgery, but knowing to start so early. Uh, it's a very interesting question because when just before Olson had come out, I remember uh, reading a story um, about a mother in Alberta who had an eight-year-old child who had come out as trans and she had decided to put that kid on hormone blockers. I remember reading the story in the newspaper going, wow, that kid's only eight, eight years, years old. Eight years old is a little bit, I will agree, eight years old is a little bit young. But not not for a kid, you know how... Kids Hillary, develop early now. They it's do. terrifying. Yeah, it dep- but it's not even yeah, about development. It's about somebody asked me this question once, and this question made me get it. Snap. Just like that, I got it. Someone asked me, when did you know you were a girl, Sandra? Amanda. I always, I it was always, Amanda. It was Amanda, our <laughs> friend Amanda. So she asked, you know, when did you know you were a girl, Sandra? I said, I have always known I was a girl. She said, kids know. So eight isn't too early. They know. It's, yeah, I would... You know, right. So this is the it's question. It's not too is, early, but it depends on the kid about when they should be monitored. Of course, right? Because there I are mean, some medical downsides to being on heavy hormones. Yeah, and I wouldn't want anyone to be like hurt or anything. Right. So I remember so. being very skeptical when I read that story, thinking, "Wow, eight years old—that's like such a such a big thing for an eight-year-old to go on hormone blockers." Not realizing at the time that hormone blockers are reversible. You, they block. It's not permanent. Hormone blocking is a temporary state. You have to maintain the hormones to block. If I'm even explaining it properly, but once you get off the hormones and you will they proceed, come they come back and you go through puberty. Right. The idea is that you're halting puberty so they don't yeah. uh, develop in the wrong body, which is so traumatic. Yeah, it is. For, That's like so dysphoria tra- 101. Oh my like, God, it's, it's terrible. So I, when, when Olsen came out, mm-hmm. I remember struggling with the decision to put him on Lupron and it was my husband, you know, the old country boy who said, Sandra... Sandra, you know he's a boy. So what are you waiting for? What are we waiting for? It's the right thing to do. And he it was that moment it where was it was absolutely like, the right thing to do, yeah. by the way. <laughs> but it was Tim who actually, you know, got me to snap out of it because I was really like struggling with the decision. And he's like, This is a no brainer. Just sign the damn paper. And I'm like, You're right, you're right, let's do it. And mm-hmm. he it he, he I think he was months away from full like getting into full blown. Yeah, puberty. I think I was he actually was very like, close. Like it was a close call, but like nothing happened to me. I didn't really hit female purity. So now it's very clear that you and your mom have a really close relationship, Olson. Yeah. Uh, relationships between kids and their dads can be hard sometimes because dads aren't big talkers. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Especially <laughs> with my dad. You've met Tim, I see. We don't really talk about like if you're wondering, like we don't really talk about like being trans like a lot. We don't talk about it. Um, Are you guys close? Yeah, I would say so. Not as close as like my mom and I, but we are very close. What do you think are the things that bring you guys the closest? Um, probably like TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> like probably inappropriate <laughs> jokes and like Yeah. And then baseball. Like I like to watch baseball. That's um, really hockey. nice. Hockey brought us together a lot. Yeah. And I played. Um uh Olsen's dad coached him. 
when he was uh, when he trend yeah when you when you went into the boys hockey yeah, yeah he, he coached me he for coached like two years or something for two after years that. and that, I feel like that was huge to have your dad as the coach and that sort of sets the tone with the other players on the team and um, that was big that was yeah, really big absolutely. and I was so happy that Tim did that and I I felt safer knowing that Olson was okay with you know on the road somewhere that his dad was the coach and it was okay it was it it felt really good well there is a story that I do want to tell about like hockey. Okay, go for it. So when I like I played girls hockey up until I was like maybe six until I until maybe like the year that I came out. So maybe like grade seven, I stopped playing girls hockey. Yeah. And then I was I was playing competitive hockey. So I was like, okay, well, I know I'm like a little bit like too competitive to play on like the lower level. So I wanted to try out for like the competitive hockey team. Um, So I tried out for like this was eighth grade. I was trying out for like the Rams boys hockey team and I. I had to use like the uh, different change room, which was kind of ba- annoying because um, I was already like not because like no one really knew me um, and I was already like planning on like not telling really anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you had to use the ladies change room? Not not necessarily. Like there's no like change room. It's just, I, I just had to be put in like a different change room Okay. with like the referees and stuff. Which was fine. I like the referees were nice, but I wanted to change with my team and stuff because I just felt like, like, you know, not part of the team really, right. which I think that every kid should have a chance to be part of the team. Also, how old were you then? Uh, 13, 12 or 13. <laughs> really? It's, that's so random. I think North Americans are so hung up on gender. Yeah. I mean, at that point, like being transgender was like just being accepted. And then I think like, and I remember it was a showdown, like, because uh, there was supposed to be two goalies on a team, right? Mm-hmm. And there was three. So there was me and two other goalies. And apparently, like, I beat the two goalies. Like, it was a, apparently, like, I had already made the team, like, between, within the first, like, two tri- uh, two tryouts. Like, it was a battle between them two who would get the second spot, you know? Mm-hmm. I made the team. And um, so I was on the team, right? And then I was kind of still being, like, uh, kind of made to to change in the different change room. And then uh, it was kind of, I kind of felt like a circus animal, like being put in a cage, like a monkey, like in a different cage, you know? And then uh, I told my mom about my feelings and then actually we got the rule changed. So um, if you're transgender, like you can use the change room with your team. So like that rule in Hockey Canada is actually changed now. So there are transgender people like that are able to change with their team. Yeah, it, it was, you know, it, it's funny because it all, Olsen was sort of on the cusp of the rule change, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So it's, he was a trailblazer in every way, you know, he was, the, he was, it was, a you were the first, a lot of things yeah. and you were the first trans kid to play in that competitive hockey yeah. uh, association and they didn't know what to do with them which is why they put you in that weird room because they yeah. were on the cusp of yeah. making a change but yeah. I really feel like it, him being there expedited things locally anyway yeah. and they immediately had a meeting and they made a decision and they're like yeah he could change with the boys nobody cares get in there but it took it took a few it weeks. took a few yeah I maybe was, even a couple months all through tryouts I was in that room and then a little bit when I made the team and then after that I was able to Right. Um, and it's hard to know if they were worried how the other players would react, the how the parents. Stuff, yep. yeah. But like, it's so weird to me that, oh, let's make him change with the adult refs instead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's it was not like, freaking nice. creepy. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> 
It was weird because I'm like, so oh, I guess I'm me. And I would go in there with him, too, and I'd just sit there and watch him change. And then a ref would come in, and another one would go out, and he'd be like, like this so, is so wrong. Yeah. yeah. So Don't let him change with the boys. Yeah, like, why did no one, like, I didn't even age. think of that until now. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's so weird. Yeah. Oh, Hillary. <laughs> You're reminding me of a very interesting, very interesting yeah. time. But in anyway, yeah, hockey. so after that, I was in the change room. Yeah, and I, 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 and then that there go like my whole like plan on not wanting to tell anyone because I was literally in a different change room and now I'm with the change room. People caught on to that, obviously. Right. So they were asking like their parents, and by that time, like I didn't look anything like a girl. Like I looked like everyone right. else, because um, I had like my hair cut. Like I think I was already on uh, Lupron. I think I had started testosterone. Well, maybe, and, like, and that nobody year really, after. other than haircuts at that age, really looks like anything. Yeah. Actually, yeah, literally. There was like, like, there were a few people like with <laughs> nice. squeaky voices, but like, but yeah, I, I for the most part I passed. And then, um, you know, uh, where was I going with this? Um, <laughs> there were like a few people that would like make fun of me, and then they found out like that I was transgender, and like they were calling me like a faggot and like a tranny and like stuff like that, and making fun of me. And I, I remember there was this one time where like my team. Like, all they would all gang up on me. Like, I remember if I would let in, like, a goal or something, and it wasn't even my fault. Like, they would make fun of me and stuff about it. And, like, my thing was always, like, I deserve to be on this team as much as you guys. So, like, why? Like, why is this such a big deal? Like, why is it so bad? Like, why are you making fun of me? Because teenage boys are assholes. Yeah, like, I'm still, like, every time I see them now, like, I know a few guys, like, and I know that in high school, like, they don't, they're not liked by a lot of people. Um, and they, and a lot of people do know about like the things that they called me in the dressing room and stuff. So, um, like when I see, like, I don't, I didn't go to like their high school after. Cause like, I knew a lot of them mostly went to the Catholic high school. Um, so I went to like the, uh, public high school. So like, I'm, I don't see those guys anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I actually did end up, uh, not playing competitive hockey anymore after that year, eighth grade. And then grade nine and 10, I played house league. And I got a job and then I just quit hockey because it just wasn't fun right. anymore. So, What would you say if you had to look back on your your journey, Olsen, what would you mm-hmm. say was the most painful moment? Mm, probably like people who I thought were my friends um, in hockey um, send me like a screenshot of uh, them like making a group chat like just to make fun of me. And what was maybe the most positive um probably like going to uh high school and like finally like actually feeling like normal i guess like a normal person like how no one knows anymore at school like feeling just normal because before like i had to fight for that you know um that kind of privilege or no sorry right to not not it's not a privilege that right to like live as who i am and stuff like, and without, like, being, like, made fun of at school. It's been a long road mm-hmm. to get there, for sure. Sandra, yeah. as a yes. mom, what are you most proud of Olsen for? Well, you know, I think It about... doesn't have to be related to being trans, either. No, I, I know. My driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> How many tries, oh, Olsen? Boy. How many tries? Four. 
<laughs> yeah, I honestly, I couldn't believe that he, I could believe that he failed it three times. I couldn't believe he actually got it on the fourth time. I even went to the instructor. I'm like, you sure? Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he just recently got his driver's license. Yep. We're all terrified. Um, I think that it is trans-related because I think, I think about how many people who are in their 30s and their 40s oh, and they're yeah, miserable. Yeah, yeah. And I think about how many people aren't living their authentic life, who aren't who they should who just aren't being honest with themselves about who they are and it hurts me and and i'm not even talking people who are trans gay straight it doesn't matter just people who aren't being absolutely true to themselves and then i think of this kid who knew at the age of 10 11 4 really if you want to get technical literally and and he just he wouldn't he just he just wanted to be himself yeah. and it was a no brainer and he's brave when a lot of other kids wait for a really long time because they don't think they can say the words out loud. You know, you say something out loud and it becomes true and then you can't take it back yeah. and they're afraid to do that. But Olsen wasn't. Olsen is probably the most fearless person I know. Yeah. Like the thing that I was most worried about was probably your side of the family, though. i don't blame you but it all worked out okay why were you afraid of her side of the family well i know that uh they understand now like they i feel like they just wouldn't get it because they like they're i went like they're kind of old school would you say mom they're very old school my parents are refugees yeah one's from hungary one's from From greece Greece, and they're you know they don't know they're they're old school but they they, they've never like misgendered me or used well that's because sandra you laid it on the line didn't you didn't you say like if you don't accept him then i did i i my father came for a visit and i mean I don't I don't think he understood what was going on. He wasn't hard he wasn't I don't think it was a surprise to him because wasn't a surprise to anybody, yeah. but he I don't think he fully understood it. So yeah. I had to take the time he didn't know to it was educate a thing. him. It was a thing. It was he a, thing. a thing. He didn't know it was a thing. And I remember sitting down and him saying, Why? But why? Why do you have to change the name? Why do you have to do all this? Because it's so permanent. And I remember saying, Because that's who he is and he didn't f- dispute that. But I said to him, If you have a problem if you can't call him by his name and if you can't get the pronouns right then i can't go to montreal anymore and he and he paused and he looked at me he said okay and he said okay (laughs) (laughs) and and uh so yeah i did lay it on the line yeah that's a pretty big deal yeah you are willing to give up your family yeah um well yeah wouldn't any parent Think about that, that for a second. Do you, if if your parents can't accept you or your kids, <clears throat> what what do you? I mean, it was a it was a no brainer. Uh, he's a boy, and if you don't like it, there's the door. That was our policy as yeah. a family uh, in hockey as well. I mean, we had like a lot. We of, don't tolerate it. <laughs> no, we don't tolerate it. <laughs> we have a, we had a lot of really good friends in in the in the hockey world, and I'm not saying that we were ostracized because we weren't. But Tim and I had a very clear agenda. We decided the year that Olsen came out that we were going to go to every single party that we were invited to and make ourselves available to questions because people don't want to ask you. It's uncomfortable. They don't know what uh-huh. they can ask. And like, don't right. and 
I'd rather, like, if someone was to ask a question, like, I'm not one of those people that are like, that's rude, you shouldn't say that, like, people don't, well, like, people aren't going to get it if they can't ask those questions, you know? It's right. a learning Education. opportunity. It's, yeah, it's I'm a not ever here, like, if someone, like, literally just doesn't, like, I can tell if someone's, like, literally doesn't understand or if someone's just being rude. Like, if there's a fine line between right. that. And my job, is, I just educate people, like, if they have questions, because... Like that's the pro- like the world needs to be more educated, you know. That's true. So we made ourselves available, and yeah. we we did our best. To, if anybody had any questions, and they did, one drink in, usually people got brave enough and they'd ask <laughs> us questions, and then we'd and it was fine. We tried to normalize it and say, "Listen, this this is normal. He he is a boy, and that's the end of the story. Yeah. And this is his new name. Call him by the right pronouns, and you'd be amazed how many people really My just pronouns didn't care. Are he ham, no, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but how many people Hillary just didn't care? Uh, because people, you know, they have their own problems. They don't care. They're like, yeah, that's fine. No one cares. But there were some people who quietly left our lives that we noticed were just, they didn't ask questions. They just sort of disappeared from our lives and we honestly couldn't give a shit. We don't care. We don't care. (laughs) They weren't important. (laughs) They couldn't have been important because we didn't really notice. Right? The the important people are still in our lives and we're happy for it. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's a lot of love in our, there's a lot of love in our lives. We're very lucky. Absolutely. Uh, All right. One more question for you, Olson. Okay. What's next on your journey? Um, like surgery wise or well, just like what, what are your next steps in your transition? Cause I know you've gotten your top surgery. Do you plan yep. on doing bottom surgery? What are you, it, it, you don't have to talk about it if you're not comfy, but, um, well, like for bottom surgery, the thing is, is like, it's not as like, it's not as easy. Like for, for a trans woman, um, basically it's just, it's, it's easier than like, being a trans man and having that surgery like with for trans man surgery i know it's like three steps into doing it you have a huge scar on your arm if you need the donor site and i don't find it necessary at the moment um but like full-on bottom surgery because like me having that scar on my arm like anywhere is more of an indicator that i'm trans than anything else you know right but i don't know that anyone who isn't trans would know yeah, like if if you ask me, like, would you have that surgery? No pain, no money. No, I would say yes, obviously. Um, I'm sure any trans person would say that. Um, and there are people that don't want bottom surgery. That's fine. But I am the person that, like, I would, I do want it. But it's like, I don't find that it is that useful. You know, like it's not. It doesn't make. It it does it. It's hard to explain. It's really, really hard to explain. But um, if I would, if I had the like choice of me doing it free, no pain, no nothing, like just wake up with it, I would say absolutely. Right. Like 100%. But it's scary. It's scary it's, stuff. Yeah. Like I just, I don't find that I need it right now. Maybe in the future, probably I will. Will you get um, a hysterectomy? Absolutely. So with me... Um, hey, let's get matching hysterectomies. I think oh I need one too. Oh. <laughs> you can go in at the same time. Oh Yay. my god! So, um, with my like, you know, my transition, like for Lupron, the um, the hormone blockers um, that stop my estrogen. Um, a lot of kids, like once they go on testosterone or estrogen, they like stop taking it because I guess like the testosterone or estrogen like overpowers it. Um, but like for me, I w- I never stopped it because I don't want to like menstruate because I've never had that. I've never had that. Right. So in my life. if you want to go off your Lupron, you have to have that a hysterectomy. Ha- yeah, pretty much for me. Like it, there is a chance that it could happen, but the doctor is saying like it's a slim chance, but it might. 
um because you've never like you've never been off this hormones like this hormone sure. buffer, so we don't know and let's be um, honest uteruses not a lot of fun yeah, like so. Like I they're just really just problems. <laughs> mine's very crampy all the time. I'm not gonna lie. I right. don't. I think mine's probably like shriveled up or something. If you like don't that. plan on using it, get it out. Get it yeah. out. No. <laughs> yeah, it would be a lot easier for me to just not worry and just be like, because Lupron isn't really that big of a deal. It's just like I'd rather wor- not have to worry about it being there. Like, mm-hmm. like I'd rather not have to pay for like the hormone, like the hormone block because sure. it's like expensive. But we have like shirt insurance. But what if I don't have insurance when I'm older? Oh, also, I'm sure you'll be living in my basement forever. Probably. Don't worry about it. No, I am. I'm actually trying, like right now, to get into college to become a veterinary technician. Oh, that's so exciting! Yeah. yeah. So that's the next step for Olson. Yep. I'm actually like I was supposed to take like a prerequisite like admissions test to get in, but I kind of like canceled it. You blew it off. Yeah. Okay. But I should be taking. Like I'm gonna. I'm gonna check. Like I'm gonna start studying for it and then. Take it sometime in January um, to get into the program. If not, I'm thinking of veterinary assistant. Very cool. Yep, and I'm doing a co-op right now at a vet office. That's... I feel yeah. He's always said since he was a kid that he likes animals better than people. So yeah. I feel like they love you back. He's he's kind of an animal whisperer. This one, so it's. <laughs> yeah. I think he's going into the right field. Absolutely. I have to say though, Olson, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I, You're welcome. I didn't know how this was going to go. I was a little scared. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to go. I want to know what Sandra's like at home. Oh, oh, I thought God. you were done asking questions. Oh, look at the time. It's time to go. The thing with my mom is like when she walks into a room, you just know she's there. Yeah, because she'll tell you, "I'm here." Yeah. <laughs> And um, <laughs> oh my. you don't know. She wow. tells you. <laughs> wow. She always, she's always like, I'm in my room and I'm like on my phone, and she's like, she's trying to talk to me from downstairs. I'm like, I can't hear you. And then she'll like, um, I think what you're I'm trying like, to say is that I'm a delight my... and I nag a lot. <laughs> yes, you nag. And then um, sometimes <laughs> when you throw out the garbage, um, you miss the garbage can and you just leave it. How is that a character flaw? It's just funny. I have bad aim. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then, you knock, and then you knock down the entire garbage. Then who's going to pick it up? The fairy? Yeah. Me? <laughs> Yes. And then you don't you if just that's, leave the laundry there. If that's there. literally the worst you have to say about yeah, me, Olsen, I feel like I'm an excellent bad. parent. See, you know I what? I will say this. From the outside, the thing that I love about your family so much is that your parents so fiercely love you. It's yeah. so obvious. And mm-hmm. the fact that you crap all over each other, you and your sibling and <laughs> your parents, it's all fun and jokes. It just yeah. means like... It's such a normal family, and Absolutely. I think that that's the best, the best thing is you're normal. Yep. And we happen to have a pretty brave and fearless kid yeah. in the house. What which... about Johnny? Yeah. Johnny's next. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pretty great brother. Well, we have Johnny you. on the podcast to talk about how he's sick of you being the center of attention. <laughs> well, so no, like the, like the forgotten child. I know, the forgotten child. I have to. I have to give a. You know, I, I. I say I have this special relationship with Olson, and I do. But I have so much affection for Johnny because when Olson came out, and I don't know that Johnny gets the credit that he deserves. But he he did. He did take the, it really. He's well, the actually. first one who got the pronoun. Changed the pronouns. He him my brother and it was it was I mean I don't know what kind of conversations they had when I went to bed at night and how much talking they did he said he hated his sister when I came out he's like good because I hate my sister (laughs) 
<laughs> like, she was a bitch, but this was, new guy oh is my great. God, no, I was. You were a very difficult I was child. Like, I, oh my I, God, it's you not even so that bad. I was playing the part. I was just weird. I would yeah. do weird things. Like yeah. I would wear weird things. Like I had a weird haircut. You were always <laughs> you were always antagonizing your brother, just yeah. starting starting trouble just for fun. And just there was a lot of yeah. there was a lot of there was a lot of drama in our house. Like just but so I much drama for so long. I can totally understand that because I bet in some way you there was some jealousy there. Yeah. Like with Johnny? Yeah, because life yeah, it, seemed relatively easy. Like, I know for a fact that I would steal his clothes because I'm like, oh, he gets all these, like, guys' clothes and I have these stupid clothes. True. And I, I used to, like, steal his clothes um, under the table a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they're both really great kids. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty lucky to have the kids that I have, Hillary. I mean, they're both teenage boys and they smell a little and they're kind, no, I don't. kind of pains in the asses. I joke I with feel them like all the time, Olsen but I love them so much. I feel like body spray. <laughs> no. I get this oh my God. It's Bath and oh, Body Works. <laughs> but yes. It's OxyClean. And he's obsessed with OxyClean. He does our laundry in the house. So like we support any OCD issues they may have. We're all for it. No, like I actually have OCD though. <laughs> but like the good kind. So that you do your mother's laundry. So it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I freaking love you. love you guys. And you, you know too. what? I'm pretty sure that uh, your kids are lucky to have you, Sandra and Tim. Yeah. Aw. Stop it. When yeah, I say that, I mean don't she, stop. Like, shit talks me on the radio. Like all my friends. <laughs> you should have heard what wow. your mom said about you this morning. Okay. This is your opportunity to say something nice to me. Okay. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> old bitty. Old bitty. She talked. That's nice. That's as good as it gets with this one. I love you too, Olson. I think you're an awesome kid, and I think your mother's even better. Yeah. (laughs) She talks nicely about you. I do. Yeah. No, I talk nicely about my mom to other people. Yeah. He's a. He's a. He's kind of a mama's boy. If I had to say anything about Mm -hmm. him, he really is. He is. And he when we argue or we have a fight, the thing about Olsen is that he can't handle me being mad at him for three minutes. Yeah, like he just he'll lose his mind. <laughs> same with he, anyone. Though. He needs to know that I'm not still mad about it. The, the air all has to be cleared immediately because he can't go on with his life knowing that I'm pissed off in any way at him because it'll he'll be discombobulated. I don't like further. holding grudges, but you. Oh, I'm all about wait, grudges. What was the last grudge you held on me? I don't know, but I held it way too long. Yeah. No, it was because I didn't wrap your presents. Yeah, you promised me you'd do something and you didn't, and I was so mad at him all night You're because like, don't he, talk to me. Don't talk to me, child. Oh, anyway, I'm <laughs> getting into I'm getting For into our most, drama. Though, Sandra speaks very nicely of you. For the most yeah, part. No, no I, I know. <laughs> she says good things, and then she'll do a sideline because that's Sandra. Yeah, that's so Sandra. That's what I do. I mask my pain and I mask my vulnerability and humor. That's what I do. Oh, and my God. self-loathing. I feel like we need a little, like, splitter to play every time you do something that's so you that that says that exactly. That's so Sandra. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love you, Olsen. Love you, Mom. Love you, Hillary. Love you, too. Thanks for talking. This episode is over, but the conversation doesn't have to be. Follow Hillary and Sandra on social. Instagram at Hillary on Air, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. Twitter at Hillary Welch, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. And on Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast. Got a question? Email Hillary and Sandra, thequickandthedirty at gmail.com.
Don't forget, you can download the podcast each week to your mobile device to listen offline. Find the quick and the dirty on FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts.